guys, and welcome back to Deep in the Most. I'm your host, DJ. And I'm your host, Sav. And today we're on episode 71. 71, and this week we are covering a case that we told you guys we were going to cover like months ago. Um, it's a fairly new case, and this is the Buffalo, New York Supermarket Massacre. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we told you guys a while ago that we were going to cover this case soon, just because of the outrage and the I don't know the level of emotions that this case invoked in the black community um we're just tired of it we're tired of seeing it we're tired of hearing about it it's getting old it's been old um and there's still just not enough justice being served to us so we want to just talk about this and share our thoughts and opinions on this case and the future of Black people in America getting justice. For sure, and we hope that along with shedding light on this case that you guys give us your insight as well because this shit is getting out of hand. It's been out of hand for a while, but hopefully we can, you know, get to better places. And not even just like black people in general, but mass shootings. Right. That's really the issue as well. But before we get into this case, we do have one DOM for today, and this one is pretty groundbreaking um i don't know it's just cool as fuck to say the least it is but before we even get into that we're looking a little crazy we're looking a little distraught because literally tomorrow as of filming we are going out of state um we're going to our first ever edm music festival so it's gonna be a blast and we're and it's camping too for like a week so we're just all over the place trying to get things in order but Nonetheless, there will not be an episode next week when we get back. But the week after, we're coming full speed ahead. So, you know, be on the lookout. It's going to be a whole little, not vlog, but an episode dedicated to our experience at this event. So, yeah, I'm excited. Hell yeah. But let's get into this dose of the most. It's a new line, a new city. Which is honestly, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Apparently, there is a new prototype for civilization in Saudi Arabia on the rise, and it is groundbreaking. It is being called the future of urban living, and it is the line. So, where I heard about this was I was just sitting down, watching YouTube videos. I do that quite often in my free time. And this ad had popped up. You know how YouTube just be throwing ads in your face? Yeah, this ad just popped up. And I was like, whoa, what is this? This It looks cool, and it looks otherworldly like it didn't look like it was on earth but hey i've never been to saudi arabia so i didn't know that saudi arabia like the surface just looks like mars pretty much because it's a desert but yeah it it, i thought it was mars at first but it's definitely here on earth so (laughs) so yeah there's that the line is a civilizational revolution that puts humans first and that's cool enough on its own because we we need that. We don't do that we're now. About to, we're about to croak over, guys, in the next 15. Yeah. The development will provide an urban living experience while preserving surrounding nature. This idea is redefining the concept of urban development and what cities of the future should look like. Now, with all that information being said so far, it's literally just a new city that's being created. But it's more than that. I don't know how to explain it. But 
we will be including like little pictures and hopefully a couple of clips just so you guys can get a better understanding of what the line is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And just a hint, it's literally a line, so. I would definitely say like after this, do some research into it and look at it. Like you'd have to see it for yourself. Us telling you and like even showing the pictures isn't really doing it that much justice. Yeah, it's pretty cool, honestly. There will be no roads cars or emissions and the place will run on 100% renewable energy that's what we i don't know how that's possible because if that's the case why haven't we been doing that that's the thing and it's so weird how stuff like this pops up like i remember when um places like japan they were doing the bullet train for the first time and like speeding yeah. up travel and it's like how do you how does someone come up with the concept how does it work yeah, and this is like on another scale because it's a whole city, it's civilization, it's life um, being confined to a small surface area because the way cities are designed currently, it's sparse, they're spread apart, it's huge, it's kind of just all over the place, it's a group, a grouping of like neighborhoods and, and skyscrapers or what have you, but the line is literally trying to break all of that up, so a city would take up less surface area, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, it would cover less of nature, basically. Like, instead of having to break down so many trees to build a city, you're breaking down 95% less trees because the line is literally just a line, and the whole concept of this is to build upwards. So it'll still be a city, but it won't be building outwards. It would be building vertical, upwards. Um, which is pretty cool, and it literally sounds like a futuristic city or a cyberpunk, like, distant future. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I'm kind of excited. Hell yeah. Along with no car emissions and renewable energy, 95% of the land will be preserved for nature, which, honestly, I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know if yeah. it means, like, 95% of the nature around that area. Well, I think what they mean is when we build cities... We're excavating so much, like, nature. We're ex excavating so many trees and habitats and what have you just to build a city. And like I said, when we build cities, we build them outward. So, you know, you're just taking up space and space and space. You're continuing to just push further and further out. But with the line, it's literally like a strip. It's like a strip of a building that's high up. So all that surrounding area around the city is untouched because it's just a line. So essentially they're building around nature and not through it. Yes. And building upwards. So we're not touching nature and trees. And also within the line and within the city, there will be nature inside of the city as well. So you'll have access to nature outside of the city and inside. So just because it's all inside of a an infrastructure it's not it doesn't feel like it if that makes sense right people's health and well-being will be a priority over transportation and infrastructure which, and it should be yeah it should have been the the main thing from the beginning i don't know what the hell they've been doing they've been trying to fuck us <laughs> all over and they have they've been successful the structure itself will be only 200 meters wide but 170 kilometers long and 500 meters above sea level I don't know the exact uh, measurements of that, but it sounds big. <laughs> Very big. 
As far as 500 meters above sea level, though, that doesn't sound high, but I'm sure it is. I don't know how that works, but from what I've seen in like the little ad that we, we saw, it looks like it's pretty pretty extensive, pretty big. Yeah. In Saudi Arabia, do they measure by meters? And um, Every other country uses uh, the metric system. We're the only ones that uses the imperial. The line will be designed to accommodate 9 million people and will be built on a footprint of only 34 square kilometers. And this means reduced infrastructure footprints, which is what we were kind of talking about earlier. We're basically preserving more of nature even while building a new development or a new civilization. The line is promising ideal climates all year round and access to all facilities in the line will be within a five minute walk. I'm sorry, but that just sounds hella nice. And with how long this shit is, for everything to just be five minutes walking distance, it just sounds unheard. Like it just sounds too good to be true. I'm assuming within each neighborhood there would be. A hospital, a school, right. um, yeah, a grocery store, you know, everything you need. There will be a high-speed rail with end-to-end transit in 20 minutes, and there will be unparalleled access to nature and clean air for everyone in the line. There will be public transportation and automated services, all powered solely by AI. Saudi Arabia onto some shit. Everything is powered by AI. And in this video that I saw, this ad, I kid you not, you guys, there were flying cars. Um, and that's why I thought that this was something for, like, Mars or something. I thought this was a city they were trying to build on another planet. But what's crazy is if they crack this and, like, you know, it's successful and it works out and it is sustainable, I'm sure when we start inhabiting other planets, they're going to take this idea and put it on other planets. Oh, definitely. I mean, honestly, the the concept of flying cars in sustainable cities is not impossible at all. But it's just but so soon. It just feels weird to see this shit I now. Mean, the thing is, like, for us, it seems soon. But is it really though? Well, no, not in the grand scheme of things. But remember, you know, we're always talking about well, we might not see this and that and the third until we're like fifty, right. and they're already on it, and. I believe most of the developments um, are going to begin by 2030 or something like that. It's a lot, guys. It's a lot going on. This is in Saudi Arabia. Um, and they're just making waves, honestly, when it comes to, not, I guess, construction as well. Because who's building this shit? Yeah. Hell yeah. They're making waves and everything. Like... What they're claiming on their website, definitely recommend it. The or recommend you guys check it out. The website's called Neom, and it's N E O M, I believe. Um, we'll probably have it linked in the description of this episode, but check it out. Let us know what you guys think about it. Um, would you live there? Is this something that you could see most countries and cities turning to? Right. So, yeah, that's Neom, the line. It looks super futuristic and cool, though. I will give them that. But that's been our DOM for this week, and now we're going to get into this terrible, terrible incident. Yes. So first, we're going to look at the suspect and who he is. Peyton S. Gendron is an 18-year-old white supremacist from Conklin, New York, who drove three hours to Buffalo. Gendron spent months reflecting on his plans to conduct a mass shooting in his digital journal, 
and said his exposure to 4chan was responsible for his beliefs. And 4chan is an online message board known for like a bunch of extremists posting their views. I've heard of 4chan, but I've never like yeah. gotten on there or dabbled in anything. Is it like, is it streaming or is it literally just chat? No, it's literally just a forum. It's like Reddit, but worse. Reddit can get pretty bad. He allegedly chose to attack the top store in Buffalo because it was in a majority black zip code within driving distance of where he lived. And he researched what time it would be busiest. That's some sick shit right there. It is. It really, really is. Um, and it just shows the motive behind this crime. Um, a lot of times we like to give grace to white mass shooters um, and say, you know, chop it up to mental illness, chop it up to abuse, chop it up to sadness. I don't know. Chopping it up to them being young, literally anything but what it actually is. Right. And what I don't want to happen with this case, which I feel like kind of did happen when it first hit the media, is say it's chopping it up to mental illness, saying that he was not right in the head, this, that, and the third. That's cool and all, but that doesn't mean that we have to stray away from the fact that this was racially motivated and it's clear as day. Right. This is no misunderstanding. This is no, well, it could have been something else. No, it's blatant what his goal was it's just disgusting honestly um and that's the reality of what this is he purposely went out looking for a certain group of people um to target and kill them and i don't think that's an accident i don't think that's a coincidence i think it's purposeful and it says something it means something and it says a lot exactly there's no way you can just wake up one day and be like, oh, I'm going to just go do this. Exactly. Like, he's literally been sitting here training himself and like trying to ready himself to do it. The zip code that includes the store, which is 14208, is 78% black. And this is the highest percentage of the black population of any zip code in upstate New York. Further, <laughs> you know, backing up what we're saying now. Oh, he was looking at analytics, statistics, and everything to figure out where he could do this. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Gendron was a worker at the local Conklin Reliable Market for about four months before he left three months prior. Gendron's former classmate said while he could be he could sometimes be a loner and odd, he wasn't known to be violent. But just because he wasn't known to be violent doesn't, doesn't mean he, was. he had, Yeah, that doesn't mean he wasn't at all. Yeah. In June he made a generalized threat at Sekehana Valley Central High School in Conklin. He submitted a project on murder-suicides, which caused him to be mentally evaluated, but released a day and a half later. I feel like that's where they fucked up. Yeah, that's exactly where they fucked up, right there. Because you let this kid do this project, you get him evaluated, and just because he's probably, you know, on good behavior or whatever, what seems like to you is okay, you release him a day and a half later. Even though he also literally put a threat on the school, like... I'm sorry, but when I was in high school, like, whenever people made bomb threats or shooting threats at the school, like, it was taken kind of serious. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Not super serious because the U.S. just sucks when it comes down to protecting the children here. But, I don't know. For him to, like, make a threat at this high school, then turn in a project about this, like, murder-suicides... And and be evaluated and then just be released. Right. I don't know. It just 
is maddening. It's so frustrating to hear. A little bit more about 4chan and Peyton's beliefs. So first I'm gonna read a couple of posts that he had made. So I'm reading from his point of view in a sense, and then also his feelings about these posts. My current beliefs started when I first started to use 4chan a few months after COVID started, Gendron wrote in his digital diary, which he posted on the Discord app. Wait, 4chan is Discord? No, he, um, oh. he copied it and posted it on Discord. Every time I think I shouldn't commit to an attack, I spend five minutes on political forums. Then my motivation returns, he wrote in another entry. He was essentially having a conversation with himself, at times doubting what he was doing, and other times doubling down on his racist beliefs. So, I don't know, it, it seemed like, and he was young, he was, he's 18. But it just seems like, but grown enough to know what the fuck he's doing, and to know what he's doing isn't right. And what I'm getting from this is that I don't think he had guilt about committing this crime. I think he had, he was worrisome about the aftermath of committing this crime. I think he was worried about what would happen to him after doing something like this. I don't think he cared about, you know, his plan and the, the potential victims that he was going to have carrying this out. Yeah. I don't think that ever crossed his mind. Um, and it definitely sounds like this whole attack and the motivation behind it was all selfish and self-centered and all surrounding him, mm -hmm. his beliefs, what he wants to do. So that's what I'm getting from this. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, no, that's exactly how I feel about it, too. Like, he's definitely in his head about the aftermath of doing it as opposed to the effect it's havoc on the people he's doing it to and the people around. He doesn't care much about that, but more or less about how he's going to feel or how he's going to come out after. The entries expressed doubt and fear over the attack and how his only options were to either go through with it or commit suicide. And honestly, if he were to go through with it, I'm sure it would still end in suicide. Especially if he knew and was doing research on murder-suicides. I think either way, he knew that suicide was probably going to be a part of the plan. He wrote of his plans to shoot and kill black people in a crazed effort to, quote-unquote, save the white race. What does that sound like? I'll give you a hint. KKK, white supremacy, yeah, a lot, uh, just a lot of stuff, okay? Hell, we can even chop it up to misogyny, Oh yeah. but white misogyny at that. But, um, yeah, it just, it's crazy for me to think sometimes that there's literally people walking amongst, amongst us these days around our age still having these beliefs and thinking like this, and... From what was stated earlier, it sounds like he wasn't even thinking like this until COVID. Like, that just right. doesn't even make it's sense. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because it's a, like he started doing this around like January and then COVID really hit and he was really into it. Sounds like some bullshit. Yeah. Remember when we were going over our research on this and I told you people that do stuff like this, there's no way they just wake up one day and they say, you know what, I'm going to target this group of people and I'm going to take these lives. Exactly. I feel like this is, things have led up to this and this wasn't just a random attack. I feel like maybe in school he was probably 
picking on certain black kids or, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like just doing little evil one-off things to black kids growing up. I don't think that this shit just happened all of a sudden because of COVID or because of Shmelvin. And he just woke up and decided to have a vendetta against all black people. It just doesn't make sense. I feel like these are deep-rooted feelings and thoughts that he might have had all throughout his life. And it didn't result in murder or massacre or death until now. But I feel like he was probably always throwing black people under the bus, getting them in trouble, doing little sly things, yeah, slick things that he could get away with until it finally accumulated into something of this magnitude. And so now we're going to get into his plan and how, how we got to the point that we got to. Dendron purchased three guns before the incident. The guns included an AR-15 rifle, a Mossberg 500 shotgun, and a Savage Axis XP rifle. So, about these guns. The first one is the AR-15 rifle, which is a Bushmaster XM-15. And this was his main weapon of choice, which he had so many things like written across it. The second one is a Mossberg 500 shotgun, which he purchased like 10 minutes away from his house at a, at a gun store. And, and he could, because yeah. he was 18. And he passed the background check and everything. And the last one, a Savage Axis XP rifle, was one that his granddad bought for him for Christmas for hunting. And that's because he wa- he didn't want to keep using his cousin's guns to go hunting. Well, never mind. This has nothing to do with anything. But, like, why do white people like to hunt things? Like, I just don't get that. Yeah, I don't know. Do <laughs> Can somebody explain? Too, yeah, you said they do it for sport. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't either. Like, what's fun in killing things? I just don't get it. Um, so if somebody would like to explain the fun and the thrill that comes with hunting, please let me know. Um, it just makes no sense. Like, I, I would feel like for most people, hunting animals would not be enough at some point, and you are going to want to hunt humans. Am I wrong? I don't know. New York State Police officials did not seek a red flag order of protection against Gingeron after his high school threat incident. So they didn't even like flag that as a problem or anything. They just like let it go by. Fucking. Yeah. It's because he was white. I hate to say it, but it's because he was a white kid. Which doesn't, it just further makes no sense because the people that do this shit are white kids. So why would they not be the ones that you would be the most like, alright, we need to keep an extra eye out on him because the likelihood of him just flipping a switch statistically, it's pretty high. Like, have y'all not done the research? Have you not seen the past incident? He was able to obtain these guns because he underwent a mental evaluation but was not involuntarily committed to the hospital. So, in New York, the law states that if a person isn't involuntarily committed, they're still able to purchase guns. And this would have prevented Gendron from even purchasing any weaponry if they would have done what they were supposed to do. He spent months preparing. This meant that he had visited the supermarket several times before the massacre occurred. That's, I did not know that detail, and that's terrifying to think about. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it, it is, because there are journal entries that um, that I've read where he was like, yeah, I had this run-in with the security guard, and it looks like I'm going to have to take him out, too. Because the security guard asked him, well, why do you keep coming in and out? Like, what, what, what's going Why would on? he ask him that, though? It's a grocery store. Everybody goes and comes. What the fuck? That doesn't even make sense. When 
when they uh, finally ended up raiding his home, they found all this different stuff, but they also found like layout sketches of the store, and they found a receipt of him going to the store, probably doing recognizance and like looking around on like March 8th. A layout sketch? That's yeah. insane. Like a fucking map. In his digital diary, Gendron noted the layout of the store was more black people than white. This included two armed security guards he had run-ins with prior. He originally planned to carry out this attack on March 15th, but he kept pushing it back. So now we're going to just highlight a couple of his actions um, leading up to the attack as well as during the attack. So during his months of preparation, he acquired military-grade tactical gear from eBay and other online retailers. I'm assuming like Amazon and yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, just basically preparing for this for months, literally. Like this wasn't just a one-off thing like, oh, I'm just going to wake up. Like, no, it literally was planned out. It just is crazy. On the day of enacting his plan... Peyton came across a white man hiding. He then said sorry to this white man and spared him to continue on his rampage. Now, once again, for people to say that this was an accident or black people are just trying to be a victim of everything and it's not racially motivated. What's not racially motivated about that? Like, this is a full thought out Plan. Sparing somebody that looked like you. Right. That's crazy. Which also shows that he had the mental capacity and he was in like the right state of mind to understand that his actions were unjust, they were wrong, they were heinous, and they were evil. And he still chose to carry it out. And the details get worse, but... Before we get into the timeline and the actual attack that day, we just want to take a break to thank our sponsor and we will be right back. Have you heard? And we're back. Now we are going to roll into the timeline of tops and extra details. So when? This happened on Saturday, May 14th, 2022. I'm not gonna lie, that's a long name for a supermarket. Yeah. Tops Friendly Market Supermarket. And honestly, I'd never heard of it before before this. I have heard of Tops. Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty popular. Um, and I think it's kind of like all around. The thing is, with Tops, you won't know it until you see it. So let me show you what Tops looks like. Like you'll see the logo and you'll be like, oh, I know that. Right. This is the Tops logo. But yeah, I see why people just call it Tops, because that's a that's long. A Name. That is a lie. Yeah. On this day, Tops was pretty busy. The attack left 10 people dead and three others injured. And like you said, he did make sure that he went on a busy day. And he did, which yeah. is just crazy. How he was able to, like, yeah. pinpoint the day and the time and just everything. It's yeah. just wild. Wild. For, for people to sit and try to, like, like blame it on mental illness i mean maybe he does have some mental stuff wrong but he was yeah. clearly with he had the wherewithal to do this carry it out write specific details yeah. and just had the mental capacity yeah. to do this it just doesn't make sense 11 of the victims who were shot were black and victims ages ranged from 20 to 86 around 2 p.m on a normal saturday people were out and about grocery shopping, starting their day, or taking care of their errands. 
Just a regular Saturday. Right. Exactly. Nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. Nothing out of disarray. It was just normal. Just a normal fucking day. And that's what's scary about it. Um, A lot of these events that have been happening are just normal days, normal events. And they, I don't know. It just, it's just wild to me. At 2.30 p.m., Peyton Ginger arrived at the store. He came heavily armed and covered in tactical gear. Which is is the gear that he ordered months in advance. He specifically was wearing a tactical helmet and plated armor. So to continue on with the details and to get into the official timeline of events, Buffalo Police Commissioner Joseph Gramaglia stated he also had a camera that was live streaming his actions and this camera was attached to his helmet. I, that's a detail that I did not know when all of this was trending and viral. Like, I didn't know that. During the entire attack, Peyton was wielding an assault weapon, which was the AR-15. And this AR-15 was covered with, an, or, yeah, it was covered with anti-black slurs. Um, but with the whole camera being attached to the helmet, it, it's really giving video game, Call of Duty, P, like, first-person POV, like, very... I don't, it's just twisted. It's fucked up and twisted. And I'm not here to like blame this on video games. Definitely not doing that. But it's just scary to think how comfortable we are viewing this type of material through a video game. And it's seen as fun and okay and lighthearted and all of that. But then to hear about this in real life, it's not fun in games. It's not cool. It's not exciting it's just scary and that's why because when you're playing a game when you're playing a video game there's it's, no like, real life. it's like there's no consequences like you're playing a game you're getting stuff you're getting xp you're getting points you're getting all the stuff yeah. but in real life like these are people's actual lives and yeah. it's nothing to play with and the fact that his ar-15 the assault weapon was covered with anti-black slurs once again you guys once again how can you say that this was not targeted and racially motivated i just don't Get it? There's too many details and information that's leading to that. Along with that, the one of the stories that stuck out to me was on, I think, either the barrel of the gun or, or somewhere on the gun, he had, here's your reparations. So, like, he was, yeah. Are you serious? I'm not joking. Not only uh, that, not only did he have those type of slurs, he also had names of past, like, mass shooters as well. Wow, that's crazy. Oh. And I know on the actual, I don't know what it's called, but the barrel of the gun, like the tip of the gun, like at the end, yeah. um, had N-I-G-G-E-R. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, probably one of the worst slurs that we've had to deal with. Right. I mean, all throughout history. Yeah, there's no way that this just was an accident or a coincidence. No, it's not. And I don't want to hear anybody say that it was now the official timeline of events we're literally going to bullet point go through everything like from start to finish so shooting began in the parking lot and the shooting in the parking lot left three of the outside victims dead and one wounded he then entered the market to continue his rampage all while broadcasting it on live online the store had security who was a retired Buffalo police officer that fired multiple shots at Peyton. And mind you, the shooting began at 2.30 p.m. because that's when he, you know, got there and started everything. Um, 
And what's crazy is with events like this, the shit, time goes by very slow, if that makes sense. Like, a shooting could feel like 30 fucking minutes, and really it's only been a 10-minute event, you know? And it goes by like that because of, like, the fear of what's going on. So, like, your emotions really can slow time down or speed it up. Honestly, I think it was a total of six minutes. Six fucking minutes? Six minutes, I think. With all of this happening, within six minutes, just imagine. As we're going through all of this, think about everything that is happening in these six minutes. It's just insane. All of this happening in such a short amount of time. Authorities came out and said that in an attempt to stop Peyton, Peyton was struck by a bullet, but the body armor allowed him to return fire, resulting in the death of the security guard. Um, and this was the security guard who had shot multiple shots at him. And because he was fucking armored, he was able to keep going on this rampage. He continued walking through the store, still shooting. He shot at shoppers and employees leaving, according to police, a trail of bodies in the aisles. The live broadcast of the massacre was being streamed on Twitch. A screenshot of the live footage was circulating online and beginning to go viral. The screenshot appeared to show Peyton at one point holding a gun while standing over a body. Chanel Harris was an operations manager at Tops. She told the Buffalo News that she was stocking shelves when she heard loud noises and saw people running towards the back of the store. Ms. Harris stumbled several times as she was running for her life before managing to escape through the back door. She estimated hearing over 70 shots being fired. Within six minutes. And it's just scary to think about. We can't do anything without the fear of somebody coming in and shooting it up. Miss Harris also saw the killer saying to Buffalo News he had army fatigue stuff on. Once again, the same shit he bought online. Eventually, Peyton returned to the front slash entrance of the store. Once there, he was confronted by police. And this is when he turned the gun on himself and had it pointed to his own neck. Two officers present at the scene were able to persuade him into dropping the weapon. According to officials, he stripped himself of his tactical gear in an attempt to basically, quote unquote, surrender. This is when he was finally tackled by police and him being tackled by police was the point of view of another witness at the scene. Um, that's how it went down from their point of view. I just don't like how the news is always trying to say, oh, he surrendered. Oh, we didn't have to shoot him. If this were a black person doing this, they would have been shot on scene. Period. Point, Point blank. blank. Point blank. I'm just trying to figure out how the fuck. Do y'all allow allow him to even walk out of the store? Especially with him walking out, still wielding weapons. Yeah, like he literally has walking a, towards you. Literally has a gun pointing at you himself, like death. Yeah. I thought the protocol was if your life is in danger, you empty the clip until they aren't well, moving. Why, kid? They didn't feel in, uh, <coughs> that their life was in danger, yeah, I'll, I'll especially him with him letting other white people go. Now we're gonna get into all the victims in this case. The first one is Mrs. Catherine Massey, who was 72 years old. And she was a Buffalo native who had spent her entire life fighting for her community and rebuilding it, as well as the surrounding area of Cherry Street. And she lived, her and her family lived on Cherry Street. And so that's why she would also, you know, put her time and her efforts into that area as well. In her spare time, she would pick up trash around the neighborhood and donate supplies to schools in the area. Catherine often wrote for a local newspaper, which is called the Buffalo Challenger. 
Her family said that last year she wrote a letter to the Buffalo News pushing for more Fed regulations on firearms. And she became a victim of what she was fighting against. I just, crazy. Our next victim is Roberta Drury, who was 32 years old. She grew up in Cicero, New York, and moved to Buffalo 10 years ago. She helped care for her brother, who was recovering from cancer. Our next one is a Mr. Aaron Salter Jr., who is 55 years old. And this is the security guard. He was a beloved member of the community and a hero, in a sense. He, he gave his life. Not even in a sense. He was definitely a hero. Police Commissioner Joseph Gramaglia said, he was a hero in our eyes, and Biden said he was a hero who gave his life to save others on a Saturday afternoon. Our next victim is Ruth Whitfield, who was 86 years old, and I believe she was the oldest victim. She had just visited her husband at a nursing home, and he had been living there for the past eight years. And after visiting him in the nursing home, she had stopped for groceries when she was suddenly gunned down. Her daily visits to her husband involved little tasks that often included ironing his clothes, cutting his nails, and grooming his mustache. They had been married for 68 years, and loved ones say whatever he needed to maintain some sense of dignity slash quality of life, she poured herself into that. And on that Saturday, she was doing that exact same thing. Our next victim is Hayward Patterson, who was 67 years old and was a driver. He was loading groceries into his car for a client when he was gunned down. His wife, Tirza Patterson, said, Why this way? That was my response. Tirza and Hayward have a 12-year-old son together. And that's just sad on its own. Um, this 12-year-old boy is going to have to grow up without his father. It just so suddenly. And what's sad about that is he's old enough to understand that. Our next victim is Pearl Young, who was 77 years old. She was a Sunday school teacher who often went by the name Pearly, and this was just an endearing name that the community gave to her. For over 20 years, Pearl ran a food pantry in the Central Park neighborhood of New York to feed people every Saturday. Another victim is Celeste Cheney, who was 65 years old and was described by her granddaughter as the sweetest person ever. With an energy that was contagious and made everyone feel at home, Celeste had just recently beat cancer and had literally just celebrated her 65th birthday. Other victims include Geraldine Talley, who was 62 years old, Margus D. Morrison, who was 52, and Andre McNeil, who was 53. McNeil's family said he was buying his three-year-old son a cake when he was killed. Morrison was out to get snacks for his weekly family movie night when his life was taken. Now we're going to get into the aftermath. The shooting has been considered a hate crime and an act of racially motivated extremism, according to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. On June 1st, a grand jury returned a 25-count indictment against Gendron. He is facing 10 counts of first-degree murder, 10 counts of second-degree murder as a hate crime, and 3 counts of attempted murder as a hate crime, according to court documents. He's also facing charges of domestic terrorism and a weapons charge, and there's also five other additional counts. He pleaded not guilty to the 25 count indictment and also pleaded the fifth when asked to give a statement. Not guilty? So who the fuck's guilty? Right. I just wanna know. He didn't deliberately plan this out and right. then act on it. Right. And then have no remorse and take it as far as to be on the verge of taking your own life so you didn't have to suffer the consequences of your actions. A fucking coward. Not a surprise. But really, you're a fucking coward. Yeah. You're fucking weak. 
and you're a joke. Like, you can't even deal with the consequences of your actions, so you're just going to take the easy way out. It's giving Brian laundry. That was the case of the Topps grocery store massacre, and it's just insane to think that just months ago, this happened. Yeah. Literally months ago, you guys. And as quickly as it came, it fucking left. And I haven't heard anybody else talk about this since. Um, which is why we are here talking about it now. We didn't want to talk about it when it was trending. We didn't want to talk about it just because everybody else was. And, oh, we want to grow our show. No. We wanted to talk about this and actually do the research on this case. And just share the real information on what happened. Um, and share our thoughts on it. But... I kid you not, so many creators and stuff, you know, like, people just like to hop on the bandwagon just because shit is trending, but I'm here to let you know, deep in the most ain't about that shit, we're not covering this case just because everybody else is, we're covering this case because we care about this case, and we care about these victims, and about what the fuck is going on in the world. Yeah, these are, these are real lives, these are people's actual lives, and nobody should be subjected to a fucking trend, that's the stupidest yeah. shit I've ever seen in my life. You think it's cool to cover it just because... Oh, it's a hot topic right now. When next, right, and then pay. next week, then next week you're talking about shit that doesn't even fucking matter. What's crazy is I think that's where the whole true crime community debate is happening. Is because a lot of people are thinking, is it right to quote unquote capitalize off of the death of others and true crime? And what, where do people's morals fall when it comes down to that? And for the people that do that, for the people that literally only talk about a case when it's trending just so they can get those views and pay their bills, yes, I agree. It's completely fucked up. But for the people like us who are covering it after doing extensive research, don't care if that shit's trending or not, just so we can get the word out and share this information and have a voice for the victims that don't have a voice for themselves. I don't necessarily think that that's wrong. And... Y'all, we don't really get paid for this shit at all. We don't get paid. Um, this shit we just talk about. Yeah, exactly. But in terms of getting paid, what do you think the news media is doing? The motherfuckers are getting paid for everything they drop. And oh, yeah. there's never a conversation about if that's ethical or not. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's the way that it's done is what matters. And, you know, how it's done, who it's done by, and when it's done. But... Not everybody is doing it for a cash grab, and I would hope that that's not the case. But I do see that argument where a lot of true crime creators are. Definitely talking about cases just to pay a bill. It's just, it's ridiculous, and it's not right. But with all that being said, we're going to get into our wind down and our kind words, and we're going to tell you how you can support the show. So for our wind down this time around, we have four. First one reads, do you believe the restrictions around guns should be evaluated? Absolutely. I believe they should be evaluated, reformed, and carried out in a way that actually upholds the law like it's supposed to be. Don't tell me, oh, it's a Second Amendment right. I understand that. That's, that's perfectly fine. But make sure that you're checking these people. Make sure you're getting extensive, extensive, extensive background checks. Yeah. Make sure that you're actually checking on, on their mental health. And fuck a goddamn... Uh, human right. Fuck a fucking right in America. They should be getting rid of this right overall. If they can take away the right to get an abortion and to have control over your own body, then they mean? should take away the right to have control over other people's bodies. How the fuck in the U.S. can you get a gun to take other people's lives with so easily? 
but you can't get an abortion to save your own life and potentially maybe you know depending on the situation get rid of one life our second wind down is what are your thoughts after hearing what was covered in this case my thoughts are just the same as always this shit is not right this shit is not cool this shit was motivated this was racially motivated there was hatred and sour distasteful feelings towards a certain group of people from this individual and I don't think those feelings evolved overnight I don't think that they came into fruition one random day I think this is something that has been accumulating over time and then it finally got to this point this degree of violence there is no way there is no fucking way that this wasn't trained and planned for you you can't tell me that you can chalk this all up to mental illness and if you can you need a fucking evaluation because how wind down number three does this make you fear going to the grocery store or other public places honestly i wouldn't say it makes me fear it because it's something that has to be done but it definitely keeps me alert like if i'm ever going out i have to like be super aware super cautious because you just never know for me, absolutely. Only because it just happens too often now. Um, this isn't even the first grocery store shooting. I would right. say, like, what, last year or two years ago in Colorado, there was a grocery store shooting. Right. And literally right after this attack, there was a school shooting. And, you know, like like we mentioned at the beginning of this video or this episode, we're going to a music festival this week. In tomorrow, like in the next couple of days, we are going to be in a group or in a sea of people, thousands of people, and neither one of us have ever been in that type of setting before. And I must say, me personally, there's a lot of anxiety flowing through my veins right now. There's a lot of fears of what could happen, the what ifs, um, even though it is an outdoor venue, being in such a populated area can be scary because you never know. You just don't know what can happen. You don't know who you're around, who you're surrounded by. Um, and like you said, definitely staying alert all the time, walking down the street, going grocery shopping. When we go to the movie theater, we're alert, like literally everything. But even when you're alert, that doesn't stop an event from happening. So I don't know, like there's, what can you say? Our fourth wind down is do you feel the indictment was just, and I'm gonna say yes if that nigga gets life in jail or death. That's pure, like, that's it. All I'm saying is, man, what constitutes the death penalty? Because if anything does, I would assume that something like this does. And our last wind down is, what, how do you feel about the line? Would you live there? Do you think that this is something that's actually gonna happen? Do you think this is the future of civilization? Honestly, on paper, it's an amazing idea, but I do have my skepticisms about how certain things are going to work. Because yes, this is a great idea. This is an awesome idea, but then you have those people that are like those bad apples. So what happens when there's crime? What happens when there's like a, a problem with the job market or like, you know, just different things, just little small things that could deter yeah. things from going on. But I do, overall, I think that it could happen in the next couple of decades and I'm excited. Yeah, I think it'd be cool, and honestly, I could see myself wanting to live in a civilization like that. Um, it just looks beautiful. It looks very futuristic, very cool, and 
I'm into all that type of shit, so sign me up. I just hate how they be trying to do this shit now, knowing damn well they been had the resources. Like, y'all gonna wait till the earth is about dead to find, try to fix it? It just, just start, just throw that shit on Mars. Fuck. You know that's where y'all wanna go next anyway. Anyways, now let's get into our kind words just to continue to end this off on a lighter note. This was a heavy topic. A heavy episode, something that we're both very passionate about, um, especially just when it comes down to black lives. We will not sit down and be quiet about that. Just love your people, man. Love them because you never know when you're going to lose them. I agree. I completely agree. That's a good one. My kind words would be to never judge somebody for who they say they are. Judge them for their actions. The best way to support us is by leaving some likes, comment, and rating. Also, share with your friends and family, please. Yes. Please share. Join our Facebook group. You know how it goes. We don't even can't, we can't even say it. Follow the TikTok because uh-huh. we kind of growing on there. I don't know how or why, but the little video views on TikTok are going up. Get our Instagram to a thousand followers. Do it, do it, do it. And catch us in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. to sit down for an amazing, super fun, lit, jam-packed vlog style episode. Um, of our experience at Base Canyon. This has been episode 71, which means you have 70 other episodes to check out. And if you aren't watching the show or listening, what the fuck are you doing? With that being said, I've been your host, DJ. And I have been your host, Sav. Catch us soon on Deeper Deeper Than Than Most. Most.